Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Men TV. It is our Transfer Insight show, and I'm joined today by Goals, Neil Jones. Neil, in the studio, thank you very much for coming down. I know it's a bit of a trek for you. I know. In- insight as well. You know... You- we need the show on after you. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Neil Inside yeah, Jones. Neil Inside Jones. God, I've never been called that before. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get that on the raft. No, not. absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> um, so yeah, listen. Before we get into into it, and we'll obviously come to comments and stuff later on in the show if we've got time. Uh, I wanted to sort of we want to talk about some of the rumours and stuff, but I just want to know first, mate. Is there anyone that you know Liverpool have got a genuine interest in? Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of players. I mean, look. As much as what people. I can see why people think it, and there are a lot of sort of red headings in the in the the the, uh, the media world. But most of the stories do have an element of truth in them. Whether it's Liverpool have looked at a player, whether they've spoken to an agent, whether they've been offered by an agent, whether they've you know sort of had a little sniff with the club and just said what's the situation, what's the valuation. So a lot of the, the names that you hear, there will be something in every single one of them. You know whether it's Mbappe, whether it's you know, a, a guy that you've never heard of from the, the Swiss second division, whether it's Ben Davis, you know, in, in January, there will always be some sort of link there. It's just ascertaining which of the link, links that are going to be followed up on and, 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 you know, become concrete bids or interest or, in the end, obviously, signing. So a lot of those players, you know, I'll just, I'm sure we'll run through some of them, but, you know, Basuma. Yeah, there's interest in, in him in the sense of there's Liverpool like the player and believe that he's probably at a fee that if if, if other avenues maybe didn't come about, then he'd be a, 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 a doable signing or transfer, sorry. Um, John McGinn, it was quite widely reported that a lot of the players were quite impressed by him. He's obviously got you know a, a, a good friend of the club in Robertson. I think Jürgen Klopp sort of admires him. I think has spoken publicly about what a good player he is. Um, Ollie Watkins is another one, probably of the same ilk. I think he he, he caught a lot of eyes playing for Villa last season, and, and certainly um, among Jurgen Klopp's coaching staff. You look at uh, Neuhaus, who's probably one that fits into the bill where there's there's a release clause there, so that sort of pricks people's interest in this these times when you know, okay, well, there's, the fee is going to be sort of that. We'll look at that. So so those players that that you see linked. 
and you know you think back to Canate would be another one um, before that was Quebec wasn't it and um, Caleta Car or Caleta Sar sorry from, from Marseille they were all players that Liverpool were interested in but the thing is is that being interested in a player you might have 10 players on the shortlist and it might literally be a case of we, we, we sniff around six or seven of them see see which ones be more likely but in the end the one that you go for is the eighth one because you know it's it sort of the other seven are not doable for whatever reason whether it's the club doesn't want to sell whether it's the price is too high whether it's the players not that keen so it's very hard to ascertain which are the ones that are going to be followed up on but the players that that Liverpool are interested in a lot of them are out there and, and a lot of them aren't out there as well but the, a lot of the players that Liverpool have got a you know um tabs on if you like are already in the public domain. Okay, well, let's start with Basuma then. I think that's a, a yeah. really interesting one. Obviously, we know how good a player he is. We've seen him in the league now for a while. We we, we can understand how he'd fit into that system. We understand there's probably a space in that in, yeah. in the squad for him with, with Wijnaldum going. Do you think anything's going to come from the genuine interest in Basuma? I wouldn't, I wouldn't be amazed if it did. I, I would probably say... I would have expected it maybe to have been acted upon by now if it was going to be. But then we've seen in the past, I mean, I think of a good example would be someone like Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, where I think it was quite obvious that there was interest in there, but Oxlade-Chamberlain sort of happened right at the end of the window. Yeah, when, it was like the day before. Yeah, I mean, window, I, I, think, I think it was like pretty much the Thomas Lamar sort of situation, wasn't it, where, you know, if Liverpool ideally probably would have got Thomas Lamar, and when it became clear that they're not, I think Oxlade-Chamberlain became the sort of target number one. Um, maybe there's a case to that with Pesuma that... The feeling is that he probably will be allowed to move by Brighton, so there's no maybe there's no great rush to get him out of Brighton. There's no sort of clauses or new contracts going on there. Brighton are sort of, I think, will be quite um, accepting of him if he wanted to leave this summer. The price isn't going to be flying up and up and up. He's not playing in a major tournament, for example, at the moment, so he's not. You know, you're not. You're not losing money by leaving it a week or two um, and maybe there's other avenues being explored first but yeah I think I think it wouldn't be, it would amaze me if Liverpool came in for Basuma at some point this summer um, but I wouldn't it's not one that's saying oh yeah you know they're going to chances of it getting done out of 10 yeah 6 6 out of 10 yeah you know I, I, probably as likely as, as not does this work like player ratings so yeah. if he's half a mark out are you going to go absolutely uh, mad at well, him it should have been a 6 and yeah, a half yeah, what are yeah. you doing Neil yeah, yeah what game were you watching what, what, what market <laughs> were you watching yeah that's the one isn't it but yeah no I, I, I would say I would say there's a fair chance of, of, of Liverpool certainly following up on that interest I know they like him as a player maybe there's there's, there's maybe a doubt over how big the step up is from Brighton to Liverpool. It, it is it is a big step, and others have made it quite successfully. Wan Alden being a decent example, probably of, of that. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's genuine interest there. Well, if we if we if we take the players that were that were interested out of it, is it a squad player you think Liverpool are looking for? And will that there? No. no, you think they're looking for a first teamer? Yeah, well, yeah, it's, all players are squad players, but it's not a it's not a backup player that they're looking for. It's a player who can compete to start games. And I, I'm not, you know, I know that's a it's a bit of a fudged explanation, but it's not. They're not looking for someone to play the uh, the league cup, mm. and and to you know when it, when everyone else is injured to come in, you know. Don't want to, but like a Ben Davis was sort of that was like I mean he was a bit of an emergency effort, but it was one of them that when you know, they know when everyone's fit, Ben Davis is not going to play for Liverpool. You know he hasn't played for Liverpool when everyone wasn't fit, unfortunately for him. But it's someone who's capable of coming in, starting if needed, 
but also being able to make an impact as part of the squad. A little bit like Canate, I suppose. You know, Canate touch and go probably whether he starts the season as the first choice. Mm-hmm. I think he might have a chance just because of the the amount of of time off that these these other three centre backs have had. So they might want the guy who, who who's you know coming in without a, a serious injury from last season. But he's one of them. You know, Canate will hopefully and probably be a first teamer in the next two or three years. But he can also be a first teamer this year as well, and and a regular starter. So I think I think you're looking at something like that in the midfield, where it's you know it's someone who, okay, yeah, they might be they might start the season on the bench, but by October, when Jordan Henderson's got a, a, a niggle or Fabinho's got a niggle, they're in the side and starting games regularly. Okay, uh, going to come on to Dominico Berardi, 50 million quid uh, linked. Um, it's actually I think it's on the Echo, but it comes through Gazetta dello Sport yeah. or, or dello Sport. Um, is is have you heard anything about this one winger forward player? No, well I have heard about winger yeah. forward player. I haven't heard Berardi specifically as a player, and it doesn't it doesn't ring true to me. I, I, you do get you know listen, you're not always right, but I do I do think I think fans are like that as well. You can get a bit of a, a sense of of what you know. Does that make sense or not? You know, so when you hear Jota, for example, last summer, you go, yeah, fits the bill. Berardi been around a while as in the Italian league, um, a lot of money that fifty million pound, and I think it was, I don't, maybe, maybe it wouldn't actually be fifty million, but it, it would be a good amount. Someone at a tournament this summer, so there is opportunity for him to really, really ignite his transfer fee by scoring two, two, three more goals in the Euros. Doesn't doesn't fit the bill. On the face of it, so I haven't heard that, but I think Liverpool ideally, in an ideal world, will be bringing in a forward because you look at the players that they're looking to get rid of or they're open to get rid of. You know, Harry Wilson, uh, Divock Origi, Shakiri, Minamino, potentially. You can't get rid of all of them, you know, and I don't think they will get rid of all of those players. They'll probably get rid of three at least. Um, but then you're looking light on, on forward options and as much as you know Liverpool might try and sell it as Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain can play in there, I, I don't personally see that um, or haven't seen that in the last 12 months or more. So I think they would be light on forwards. And Is I 50 million where you think Liverpool would... If they have 50 million, would you think they'd put it as a basically... He plays where Mo Salah plays for the most part, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, I can't imagine of spending fifty million on a lad who sits behind most. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at the player that did buy who plays on that position. Jadon Shakiri was what twelve and a bit million on a release clause. You look at players who've moved since. So Sancho's moved, obviously, or moving at the moment. Plays down the right hand side. You look at Pulisic, who, who, who then went when Liverpool were admirers of him as a player, but the logic was sixty-five, seventy million pounds on a player who doesn't automatically start is a bit much. Jota was a little bit less than that and the deal was structured a bit differently but also he came in as someone who could play in all three of those yeah. forward positions and I think that's what you'll find with Liverpool. My personal feeling is they'll buy someone who is either a number nine, a number nine who, who you could stick out wide if you need. A bit of Rigi, you know, Rigi's a bit like that, isn't he? You, you can, I, know, I know people don't, you know, feel he's done a great job in the last year or so but you could play Rigi off the left or you could play him in the centre or it'll be a Jota player who's sort of, you know, you can sort of, you can move the pieces around of him, yeah, Mane, Mane, Salah, Jota. Yeah, you can put Mane through the middle, you can put Salah through the middle and you can move it around. So I don't think it'll be like a sort of a standard number nine. I don't think it'll be a, an out-and-out right winger or an out-and-out left winger. It'll be a, a, a very... think Harvey Elliott's got something to say in all of this or, <laughs> or, or maybe his progression, yeah, if not well, himself. Yeah, I mean, listen... 
it's hard to do it because I'm sure there'll be guys watching now going, oh, please don't start saying Harvey Elliott's going to come in and be the, the new signing that Liverpool have craved. But he's a very good player. And, you know, if he if he wasn't at Liverpool and Liverpool were interested in signing, I think there'd be quite a bit of, oh, this, that could be a nice little pick-up. And he's had a good season at Blackburn. Not, you know, he ended it, it was mixed. You know, he, he obviously... It's his first real full season of playing a lot of games, so you sort of you do tire and you end up, you know, your inconsistency starts to show because he's you're 17 and 18 years of age. He's so young, it's it's absurd. Harvey Elliott, like you know, every time you look at his date of birth, you sort of think, oh my goodness, like where's my life gone? This you know, could have been your dad, mate. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. You know, I I can remember the games I was watching when you before you were born. <laughs> And they don't feel like that long ago to me, you know. Like they still, I can still remember those goals and teams, and that still feels like five years. I think ago I remember them better than yeah, yeah, the probably, last probably, season, probably yeah. yeah. But but he's a very good player, and he's got a game that I think can can give him a chance of being successful at a, at a very high level. Liverpool is a very high level. It's going to be tough for him because he plays in Mo Salah's position. He plays pretty much off the right, coming in on his left foot. So that is, that is difficult. It's not. I don't think you. You're not going to get Harvey Elliott in a rotation with Mo Salah. It's not going to happen. It's going to be sort of bits and bobs, and I don't know whether that'll be enough for him and for the club for his development. So I wouldn't. It wouldn't amaze me if he was loaned out again, maybe to the Premier League. Um, but he's going to be there in pre-season. He's going to have a chance to shine, and you know, it's down to him really to show that. Mm. What has he learned on loan at Blackburn? You know, because I spoke to a lot of people at Blackburn who amazed at how how good a player he is and how much talent he's got. Stuart Downing told me he said, "When you get a young lad and they're, skill, they're, they're skillful and talented, he said they want to show it all the time." And he said, "Harvey doesn't. Harvey just wants to play the game the right way." So he says, "You, you know, if it's a five-yard pass he needs playing, then it's great. If it's a if it's a chip over the top, it's great." You know, he said he's just got this decision making about him, which young players that's mad. That don't is necessarily even have. Like, you think of some of the best players the world's ever seen, Cristiano Ronaldo. He, he wanted exactly yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. saying. He wanted to show yeah, off when yeah, he was yeah. younger, and then he came all about business, all about yeah, the results yeah. and all that type yeah. of stuff. So if he's if he's being talked of in that way at such an early yeah. age, it bodes really well, doesn't and, it? And and he's and it's also that's not. That's not to say that he's not racking up any numbers either, you know. So he's by doing that, by playing that way, he's still setting goals up, he's still scoring goals, he's still progressing and becoming a better, better player every single time you watch him. And I think he's got massive talent. Don't want to put too much on him in terms of the answer for Liverpool, but you know, if you're talking about young players and talented young players, and we're all very excited about a few of these English young players, you know, who are knocking around Bellingham and people like that. Mm. I think you have to put Harvey Elliott in that equation and once he starts playing Premier League football, I think a lot of a lot more people will be, you know, sitting up and taking notice of him. Okay, uh, we'll move on to the next one. It's uh, Florian Neuhaus. Now, um, the COP Council says, is Florian Neuhaus the number one target? In... No, I wouldn't say he's the number one target. He's someone who's been looked at, and I think the reason would be down to the release clause that, that was in his contract. And again, that sort of that surety that that offers that you know, and can I say another good example of that really? And that surety of you know that you're not going to sort of get involved in some six month debate over the price. You know, th- th- there's an option there. The, in- the info I've got is that he has been looked at closely, that it's. it's 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It wouldn't be a great surprise if it, if it was acted upon, but at the moment it's sort of there's other targets that are being considered as strongly or or, or more strongly than, than he is at the moment. But he's an interesting player. Obviously, we didn't see too much of him in the in mm. the um, in the summer with 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 Germany, but he's had a good good couple of seasons with uh, with Gladbach. Um, good age. I mean, I, I don't know if you read the piece on the Athletic. I'm sure people. A lot of people will have subscribed to that and read that, but decent sort of look at the type of player he is and the sort of the um, the statistical markers that sort of fit the bill with what Liverpool tended to sign. I don't think he's a direct replacement to Wijnaldum, for, for example. I think Basuma is probably closer to, to that in in terms of style, but he's certainly someone who, when you look at the way he plays and the sort of the impact of of that he has when he plays, you could see him fit in Liverpool. But I think. It's also important to stress that while we're talking about midfielders, and I do believe Liverpool need a midfielder, they still have a lot of midfielders at the club. Yeah, they still do, and and you know, stranger things have happened than Alex Oxley Chamberlain and Abby Cater staying fit, or Curtis Jones just sort of going and mm. banging up a level like he has done in the last couple of seasons. But I think the other thing to consider is. You might just see Liverpool maybe recalibrating the way they play. Obviously, Thiago's going to be hopefully in the side in the whole season. The, the the first choice midfield when everyone was available last season didn't have Genie Wijnaldum in it. It's one game, one Everton. game, Everton. Yeah, Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago. It looked really good. So Liverpool, you could say Liverpool were already starting to to evolve past that Wijnaldum thing. So when we're talking about He's not a direct replacement for Wijnaldum. It might not be what Liverpool are looking for. Oh, they yeah. might be looking for a, a, a someone who can be cater but fit, or Oxley Chamberlain but fit, or you know Henderson but younger. You know you, that, that. But when you look at the Klopp's two for. biggest midfield signings over the last few years, you have got Naby Keita first of all. You got Thiago. What 
when you're doing your reading and your research on those players and, and not just the watching of the games, it's the progression, the ball yeah, forwards. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the two of them did much more than like a Genie Wijnaldum and stuff yeah. like that. So I, I think you're right. I think that's that was always the evolution of Liverpool's yeah. midfield. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't a direct replacement. It might be a direct replacement. It might not be even a direct replacement for those 51 games. Yeah. But it certainly might not be the style that we played yeah. as well. So interesting. And, and you throw in Firmino as well. So you sort of... The, the Firmino question is is obviously going to be posed a lot and it's a lot of eyes will be on him when the season starts and to see how you know it, it was that a declining season or is he was it just a poor season Mane probably a little bit the same but if you if you've got a different player like than Firmino then your midfield probably is going to have to be different because the whole he's so central to the way the team plays in his press and then in the, the positions he takes up that you might need different you can't have three midfielders behind the ball and Firmino dropping deep and deep yeah. you know you're going to have to have a little bit more um, dynamism and I don't know unpredictability from your midfield, and that's it? what you definitely get with Naby Keita every time he's on the ball. Uh, when he plays well, and he, he's completely unpredictable. Uh, I've got a super chat here from Mark Cox. Thank you so much, Mark. Uh, I'll take this one myself, Neil, rather than you, because I want to throw you under the bus on this one. Uh, do you think we're letting FSG off too easy to have decent cover for anyone? You got to spend 40, 50 million, surely, always going for the cheap, cheap option. Mark, for me, um, and I will just talk for myself. There's one team in world football that's done that and had backup options that are for. 40, 50 million quid and that's Manchester City I don't see any other side really that's able to do that I think you know FSG for their for all the abuse that they get they have had and won a lot of trophies at Liverpool Football Club and they've done it their way and I've actually enjoyed the fact that Liverpool have gone out and done it differently and have gone and broke the mould as, as a way we're not just throwing money after money I, don't get me wrong I'd love them to be billionaires but it, sometimes it's better the devil you know now obviously with the Super League and stuff they, they obviously for me anyway went down a few pegs but for what they do and how they how they put money into this football club and into this side and build in the right way I personally don't think they can really be criticised too much it's the off-field stuff that I feel that they get wrong more than the on-field stuff um, yeah well the other thing is they, they do have they do have some 40-50 million pound backups they're just fucking injured yeah yeah exactly I mean you know you look at they're not maybe 40-50 million pound signings but Joe Gomez and Joel Mata two of those and, and Canate <laughs> sorry Three, two of those three are going to be on the bench next season, or or not in the, the starting lineup. So you, you're gonna you, you have a high class players potentially there. The problem is that they're not necessarily there enough during the course of the season. Cater the same, Oxley Chamberlain the same. You look at the four forwards. One of those who misses out is is either a forty. Well, they're all pretty thirty to forty million pound signings. Jota, Firmino, Mane, Salah. The the issue comes, I think, from. Are Liverpool? Are, is it in Liverpool's interest to have two players that you you literally can't pick between to play centre forward or right back or whatever? And I think possibly a little bit of it's down to Klopp in the sense that I don't think he particularly wants that. He likes that small squad. He's always said that, hasn't he? He quite likes that idea. I think he quite likes that continuity of the way we play is this. And you know, you look at the players he values above all others. Really, people like Robertson, people like Firmino, Wijnaldum in the past, who. You know you can bank on them. They 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 are going to be there and they are going to play. Um, so it's difficult. I, I completely understand the the, the 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 question. I completely understand the the desire to to have to just buy everyone and just put them in the squad and it'll, it'll work out somewhere way or the other. But I, it it isn't going to happen under FSG or it's very unlikely to happen under FSG. They they operate a different way, and you know 
as much as it frustrates people, it's quite difficult, I think, to, to be too frustrated about it because they've shown their hand numerous, numerous times that that's the way they're going to do it. And most of the time, well, in the last seven, six, seven years, most of the time it's paid off. Yeah, it absolutely has. Uh, OK, we'll go through some of the rumours really quickly then. Um, Renato Sanchez still four games into, I know he's been playing for Lille, he's been doing really well and won the league title and all that type of stuff, but he's really been every, in everybody's eyes after four games. Can you imagine Liverpool are interested in him? And second question, follow up: Will Liverpool spend that much on a lad that yeah doesn't the, get into the first team? Yeah, straight away. Possibly. Yeah, I, I suppose. Where does he fit in? In the sense of Liverpool, Salah would be a good example of someone who had the high-profile move and it didn't work out for them. And then there was the thing of you know, a couple of years later, Mo Salah's back on the agenda, and it's like, hang on. We remember Chelsea, sort of that flop. Um, there'll be a lot of people still burned by the fact that Renato Sanchez was the boy wonder who went to Bayern Munich and whatever happened to him, and then all of a sudden he's had this renaissance. So there is, I think, there is some sort of um, comparison to be made there. I'm not 100% sold on him as as being someone Liverpool would would go all in on as as a signing, you know. And I, I look at probably Cater would be a good. A good sort of example of that, you know, he's a very unique type of midfield player. He's a brilliant, brilliant talent, you know, elite talent. But you're asking, I think you need to build, you need to build around him. But you also need to to know that he's going to be there for mm. at, at a certain level, probably from the word go. Liverpool thought they were getting that with Keita. It hasn't really worked out for him. I think maybe Renato might be a gamble that they feel. Does it need taking at this point in time when you've got Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago? You know, maybe <laughs> maybe he has another season Might at be. Lille. You know, I know it's going to be difficult for them. They're probably going to they've lost the coach. They're going to lose players. They've already lost some. Um, maybe he moves on himself this summer. I I'm not sure Liverpool would have seen enough to say that's the one for us. And if they were, it wouldn't be after the Euros, it would have been... Yeah, yeah I mean, he's brilliant, season. wasn't he? He's, yeah, he's he was brilliant. brilliant. He's a brilliant player. And he, he reminds me so much of Genie, the way he uses his yeah, ass, his yeah, body, yeah. and like takes that ball from that defensive midfielder position yeah. and just runs with it yeah, forwards. That's yeah. when Genie's at an absolute best, yeah, wasn't he, for seems, us? He, loves, he, he seems to love that, the big stage as well. Yeah. Probably uh, maybe explains why he didn't do so well at Swansea, that maybe it was a bit sort of of an adaptation period. And that's another thing that, I, I, I mean, again, I read, read a couple of pieces about him, around the Euros and some of the things you read about him from the Swansea time I just wonder you'd hope that that's <laughs> you hope that that's taken out of his you know that's just part of his maturity but it didn't it didn't seem very Liverpool you know the things like I think he was getting treatment with his headphones on from the physio and not making any attempt to say good morning to players and ingratiate himself into the club it was like he was just passing through and you know maybe he's changed maybe he's matured as I say but I think Liverpool have got a, a certain type of character that they they go for, and I'm not 100% sure it's him. But you know, okay. I don't know. One more player then uh, that we've been heavily linked with in in loads of unreliable places, I suppose. But Otavio, is there yeah. any interest there with Liverpool? I'm told not. I'm told not. Um, it was yeah, it was a Portuguese. It was a baller, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah who, who, who linked it. And I get to be honest, it was one of them where you sort of see it and you see the detail behind it, and you see the Gruwich angle, and you see you know. Where he plays in where all of those positions up front. The level he's been playing at, and you think, yeah, okay, yeah. Where, where would Liverpool buy players from? Yeah, potentially a Porto would be certainly a, a club that, you know, generally Liverpool, apart from Thiago, haven't bought from the, the 
the, the top tier clubs they've bought from Monaco and Roma and Wolves and wherever else. Um, you know, Southampton famously for a number of years. But um, yeah, I, I'm told no. I'm told I'm told it's not it's not on the cards and I don't. There's often a lot of talk about swap deals, isn't there? And I think that that comes never in, happens. It, it very rarely happens, does it? Like you know, agent fees, mate. Yeah, yeah. It it seems like too many moving parts for a deal like that to get done. It's it's. I mean, knowing from speaking to a lot of agents and and football administrators, getting a transfer done is hard. And when you've got two on the boil at the same time, you've got two lots of agent fees. You've got two lots of image rights. You've got two lots of players wanting X, Y, Z. You've got clubs wanting to knock a little bit off that because of this and. There's too many things that can sort of get in the way, but I think um, Gruwich Gruwich will be sold this summer if they can. Uh, I know he'll. I, I actually spoke to him quite recently. He, he, as it stands, he's still reporting back for pre-season at Liverpool, which he's used to doing. <laughs> but I think he is on in the understanding that this is the summer where I'm probably going to have to move on and say goodbye permanently. Um, and from Liverpool's perspective, I think probably him and Wilson have gone over the over the the precipice of it being worth their while to be loaned again. I think Liverpool just need to say, well, look, that's that done and that's dusted, you know. Yeah. Now I'll tell you what. One final thing is not on a player. We don't need to go into this too much. But have you heard anything? About so many times during the summers, you hear about a war chest and the amount that Liverpool have got to spend. Yeah. Do you think it's one of those things that Liverpool have just shut up shop on? Where they've yeah. got, and because it, they've been saying for ages it's sell to buy, but it, there's always been a figure attached to yeah. 40 million to spend. I've heard nothing this season. Yeah, well, I, I And don't, it's clever if that's what's happening. Yeah, I don't think, I've got to say, I don't think there's much business sense labelling that, you know, and then you've got people sort of doing the, the ticket the and saying, oh, God, that's, that's that much out of the budget, you know. So, I, to be honest, I think that's, Possibly a bit of a tabloid construct, anyway. You know, in in the sense of, I mean, it used to be. I think it used to be thirty million. I always remember it being Liverpool. It was like, you know, Liverpool are going to spend thirty million net sort of this summer, and that was like that would have been in the the Benitez yeah. sort of days, wasn't it? That, it was twenty till Torres came yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then it went up a bit. Yeah, but I think I think a lot depends. I, I, you know, again, you're so much sell to buy. Every club's a bit sell to buy, apart from apart from the main ones. You know, even you look at even the money Chelsea spent. They've made an awful lot of money back, and they tend to make a lot, an awful lot of money back. They have a great loan system, which is, has paid fruit for, uh, bore fruit for them. They sold players like Maratta and Hazard at, at, at big money. Courtois went for for, for big money. Um, even like getting, you know, you look at some of the players that they've got off the wage bill in David Luiz and people like that. Matic, um, who were big earners. So Diego Costa. So every club has that balancing act of the players that the the, uh, the player. Um, transfer and wages accounts but I think Liverpool's is a little bit more uncertain because some of the players they're trying to get rid of they've been trying to they've get rid been of. trying to get rid of and they were probably they probably if they were going to set a war chest last summer they probably could have said yeah 15 20 million Harry Wilson lovely we'll, we'll, we'll act that goes in the war chest and all of a sudden that was just taken from under them and they ended up having to loan them out and getting a couple of million from Cardiff or a million and a half from Cardiff but I think this summer there's a bit more confidence that you are going to be able to offload some of these players, maybe not for the same fee, mm -hmm. but you're still banned by the fact that it might just get to August the 29th and Shaqiri's still there, wants to leave, but you can't, you sort of think, oh God, you know, we, are we going to keep him around and have him in the squad or are we going to loan him out? And they're the questions. And, you know, in any time, but in a pandemic time, losing out on, let's say, let's say Wilson, Gruwich and Ojo, 40 million for the three of those 
in total before the pandemic, losing out on that is going to impact you no matter what. You Absolutely. Know. I'll leave you with this then. Uh, Thelcy Eddie says, in the 30 years of supporting Liverpool, uh, we've never had a war chest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've never seen a war chest. I have to say, I've never, I've never seen a war chest. I can imagine what one looks like. Virgil but I don't think it's in Jürgen's office, put it that way. No, yeah, probably not. Neil, thank you so much for joining no us. Genuine transfer yeah. insight. Uh, hopefully see you again soon for Definitely. this one. We'd like to make it a regular thing. Thank you very much for watching live. Don't forget to check out threadsforreds.com. Some excellent Liverpool merchandise from my mate Sam. We'll see you all soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else custom spray five and one only from rustolium